Welcome to Can I Kick It? This is a podcast about film festivals. My name is Jesse Weber, and I'm joined by Andy Germuga. Number one, Jesse Weber, staying Colin Edgley. Emilio Diaz. That's right. It's my birthday. We're going to talk Woo! about some Happy birthday, Jesse! Happy birthday. 1998. Happy We're going to. Yes. We're closing always, out our quadrilogy. Yep. The birthday cycle. As always, if you can guess who picked each movie, you win a digital copy of your choice of these four movies. I feel like we've promised a DVD in the past. Uh, well, yeah, if four movies that there were. No yeah, if no digital copy is available, which may be the case in for several of these, then yeah, you, you get a. I believe uh, Nura's Hotel is available exclusively on every uh, ad-supported streaming service. It's uh, You have to watch ads to watch New Rose Hotel. Yeah. Um, yes, no, I believe... You have had... to watch ads or win a DVD from this podcast. That's true. Um, yes, I believe we had a record two people submit guesses for Cullen's birthday, and then zero people submit guesses for my birthday. Someone, so, I think one or two people submitted for yours. They just no one, somewhere, no one's been correct, and no one's ever. We do have a strict right. one guess uh, policy, so one yes. we have two people to guess, and both of them boff it. Then I mean, just, there's uh, not done. that many combinations. If we offer more than one, oh, guess, I know, yeah. Um, here's what I'll say: uh, uh, you get one guess. Her, you get one free guess, and then you get an extra guess for every donation to the coffee. Great. Just buy the digital copy at that point. <laughs> and it's that important to you. you're, you're losing money at that point. Yeah. Uh, think about well, that. let's see. Uh, not if I have to pay... Uh, it looks like minimum of like $35 to send you a DVD of uh, New Rose Hotel. Can I guess? <laughs> Kelton, you know the answer. I'll have someone guess for me. Do I know who picked the other ones that I didn't pick? Probably not. You could if you put a gun to I, my I head. Know, I'm not sure I know. I know what everybody right. picked. I know what everyone picked as well. I mean, I know how to look it up, but I don't think I know it off the top of my head. Colin is uh, putting the proverbial. Gun I mean, to my head. as always, I feel like it's fairly obvious, but I guess. Uh... Uh, yeah. Uh... I think there's a tricky part for this particular one. Anyway, yeah. the uh, the movies we'll be discussing today are in order from uh, what uh, Buffalo '66, which uh-huh. played Sundance. Sundance. Mostly, we just picked a second film from one of the three European festivals, but this time we've got a Sundance. Yes. It might have played somewhere, can too, in like UCR or something. Maybe not. It might have just like come out in April. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. The The next movie we'll be discussing, which played Berlin, although it had opened previously in America, is Wag the Dog, Barry Levinson's Wag the Dog, uh, 
Then we'll be getting into Todd Haynes's Velvet Gold Mine, which played Can, and closing out with Abel Ferrara's New Rose Hotel, which played uh, Venice. Venice. Yep. Yeah. Yes. So that's the four that we have for today. It's a quite a selection. Yes. Um. Yes, two movies I like and two movies I don't like. Um, Same. (laughs) I think I like three of them. I think there's one that I dislike, and then one that is fine. Yeah, there's one. Well, I don't know that I even. One that's incredible. They're all, at a minimum, very watchable. Well, one of them is not very watchable, but I think it's good. And then the other three, I think, are very watchable, but. One of them might be bad. All right, let's get into Buffalo 66. Andy, take us away. Uh, sure. Take Buffalo, Andy. <laughs> yes, I, uh, excuse me, I'm in Rochester. It's a very different city. Get, get, get your story straight. We are not just the same place, although we do support their professional sports teams, typically. So uh, Buffalo 66, a Vincent Gallo movie uh, that played Sundance, uh, did it... It did not. It played various regional there? festivals, but nothing like super major. Did it get anything at Sundance oh, as far as like um, prizes or anything? That's a good question. We maybe do our research here. Yeah, it's his first movie. We should say. Yeah, his. We fr- talked his... about Gallo a little bit with Trouble Every Day and Tetro. Yeah, uh, it is. Let's see. Did it win anything at Sundance? Looks like no. Uh, oh, no. Uh, yeah, no. It was in the dramatic competition, uh, but, yeah, did not win anything. Uh, it won several, like, first feature awards. It won first feature from New York Film Critics, from Sandy Spirits, uh, yeah, or no. Sure. It was... Did so yes, it was like a splashy it? debut, certainly. Yeah. It was like an attention-getting debut. Um, it's the story of a guy played by Vincent Gallo who gets out of jail and uh, kidnaps a woman mm-hmm. uh, played by Christina Ricci. National uh, Board of Review Best Supporting Actress winner Christina Ricci for this film. Sure. Uh, and they they go to hang out with his parents, who yeah, are just, like, yeah, happy I to mean, hang he, out with them. He kidnaps her so that she can pretend to be pretend, his wife. Right. Yeah, because yeah. he has to- been telling his parents uh, all sorts of lies while he's been in prison about his wonderful career and his wonderful wife. Sure. Um... So they, yeah, they have, like, a dinner together. It's, like, you get allusions to, like, how his upbringing was terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and in some cases, depictions, I believe. Uh, the, yeah. His dad kills his, is it a kitten or a dog at one point? I forget which. Um, uh, his and parents, then, of course, are uh, Angelica Houston and Ben Gazzara. Right. Um so that's like the big centerpiece and then like after that he uh there's like a he gets caught he 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 has been caught up in like sports gambling 
Yeah. And it's like a, a thing where Buffalo lost an important game by a field goal miss, which is like based on a real thing that happened. Um, and that that guy now owns like a topless bar. Uh, and he is like gonna get revenge on this guy. Uh, yeah. But uh, soon figures out that actually he, I mean, the, the yeah, it's like he figures out that he like actually has feelings for Christina Ricci. And so he doesn't go through with getting revenge on this guy. And then they're just going to be together. Yeah. It's like the ending of the movie. And I found that um, pretty abhorrent. The uh, the way that it's, th- that, like, Christina Ricci character just, like, goes along with it as this guy, like, kidnaps her and, like, threatens her and stuff. Like, I really, like, was just out on that premise of, like, yeah, she, like, then is, like, kind of into it. Uh, which seems... Uh, gross to me and i don't like that that at all and i really uh hated watching this movie because of that stuff yeah i don't know if she's kind of into it is how i describe it i think it's more that like uh they're both very broken people and they begin to see something in each other Yeah, I think it's pretty good. Gal is a very, uh, compelling screen presence. I agree. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think most of the actors in this are very compelling. Uh, Richie's very good. Yeah. Houston Gizar are very good. Who else is in it? There's, like, some other people. Mickey Rourke, uh, Kevin oh, yeah. Corgan. yeah. Uh, they have like little little tiny parts. Um, yeah, Rosanna Arquette pops yeah. up. Yeah, um, I uh, don't love this movie that much. Um, I don't love it either. I was like, after watching Tetro, uh, I was like, I gotta get into like more Vincent Gallo because he's like so good in that. Uh, and I like had heard Buffalo '66 was like really good and. Uh, I like it. It's maybe like very uh, dismissive to say, but like if I had seen this when I was like nineteen, I would like love it. I think, um, <laughs> but like now I'm like, yeah, like I get it. Like there's bits where I'm like, this is like this really crackles, and like what he does stylistically, um, especially for like a first, excuse me, for like a first feature, it's like really impressive. And there's like things that I can't deny, but then also. Like, he's just, like, uh, he has, like, a tendency to have scenes where he just, like, has one line and says it, like, 50 times. And I'm, like, what is the bit here? He's just, like, saying the same thing a bunch. And then it's, like, I I said on Letterboxd, and hopefully Jesse won't end the call as she threatened. No, I will if you say it. (laughs) Okay. This is, like, a certain movie that came out last year, but good. Um... Even though it's not great, like you're on thin ice, <laughs> right? It's it is, also it's a ridiculous comparison, but it's not continue. really the dinner scene with the family is like I was like, oh, this is like what that wants to be. I mean, um, they, but interesting. I agree that there are similarities in those two scenes. You have to say what fucking movie this is. We can't no. do. <laughs> Jesse, I, I know we'll commit the call and, and drop the call. My audio. Yeah, um, but like. 
there's like the bit where Gizara sings the song for Ricci, and that is like the sort of like you know like I'm making a movie like stuff that I do like and he, mm-hmm. he does this thing where like he'll have like uh, footage like come in from like the center of the frame and then like yeah, expand out to be the full cool. frame or even just like stay in the middle and that is like really interesting uh, and then at the end when he goes because like Andy mentioned like he sort of has this change of heart but there is a scene where he like uh, goes to the like you know topless bar and shoots the guy uh, like the kicker or whatever and then shoots himself and it's like all revealed to be fake but the way that's done is like insane where it like not freeze frames but like he has like the actor and then he when he does it himself he like holds this pose with his face where he's like all slacked out and there's like fake blood like up next to his head and it's like really crazy looking right the camera Um, swoops around yeah yeah it's like a really uh, crazy thing and then there's like uh, the bowling scene which is like really really great and like yeah. Vincent Gallo just like hitting strikes and being like, you know, doing the who are you? What am I? I am like, you know, uh, the 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 video of the guy like screaming basically uh is like really funny and interesting. And then you have Richie do the tap dance and it's like this is good stuff <laughs> um of just like, you know, throwing whatever at the wall. Uh but then like it does it's like what, a hundred minutes and like it feels it. I think it like drones on a lot. And, like, especially um, some of, like, the early conversations. Like, at the beginning, he's just, like, trying to find a place to go to the bathroom and, like, can't for 15 or 20 minutes. And I'm like, all right, this is, like, nothing. <laughs> and then that's how he meets Ricci. Um, but uh, I think it's, like, mostly good. And, like, I got to see. Um, I, I'm not, like, out on Gallo because of, like, this being sort of mid to me. Like, right, I, I think him. he's clearly a very strong filmmaker from yeah. this. Uh, and I, yeah, I could definitely imagine liking the brown bunny better. I mean, I, get, I, I didn't feel like he had any insight into, like, human beings on any level in this. And, like, um, it was, like, yeah, it was just, and, like, the filmmaking felt very, like, showy in a way that like i was just like okay i get like you can do this stuff with the camera or whatever but uh it all just added up to nothing to me because mostly i guess because it was just built on this like rotten foundation that i was like i don't i don't i fundamentally don't want to engage with the premise of this movie right yeah uh we got anything else to say about this um i mean look I am not going to be, like, defending against Andy's point. But I do think, like... Andy's being a little bit silly. There's, like, something very, like, service level, maybe, uh, like, sweet at the end where he goes and gets the heart-shaped cookies. Like, I, I that was like, oh, you know what? This is, like, I like this. <laughs> like, which I understand is, like, not, um... Like, it's just being, like, you know... It's a, it's a tough thing to, like, throw on at the end, like, with the sort of harsh beginning. But I mean, like, I think, because I think Gallo is just, he's got, you know, this very good voice, I think. And he's yes. just, like, like Jesse said, he's, like, very watchable. And I, I, like, I know Andy disagrees, but, like, in Tetro, he's, like, really watchable. And in this, he's, like, sort of, you know, got this goofy energy. 
And it works he's, for most of yeah, them. Yeah, he's quite good in uh, Arizona Dream, the uh, Amir Costa Rica movie that also, unfortunately, has Johnny Depp. Uh, real oof of a cast. Uh, what else? I feel like there's something else he's... Re- oh, I mean, he's good in all the Denny's. We talked about Trouble Every Day already. Yeah. Uh, good in U.S. Go Home, too. Uh, yeah. But, yeah. Real piece of shit. Yeah. Se- yeah, seems like a bad guy. <laughs> seems like a, you know, not good person. But hey, what are you gonna do? Poetry's perfect. Uh, what's next? Wag the dog. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the most fucking ridiculous movie I've ever seen. Just fucking. Uh, okay. <laughs> Andy, take us away. <laughs> Yeah, so Wag the Dog, uh, based on a novel um, by uh, Larry Beinhart called American Hero. Uh, it's a Barry Levinson movie. It's about um, uh, like a political fixer played by Robert De Niro uh, and who teams up with a Hollywood producer played by Dustin Hoffman. Uh, and they, uh, in order to distract from a uh, growing scandal that would derail the president's re-election chances... They manufacture a, a basically a, like a, the illusion of uh, America going to war with Albania uh, is, the, is the premise of the movie. Yeah. Um, uh, it's, um, it uh, is really, you know, it's, a, it's like a very like... Um, I, would, I would like to hear you describe what the tone of this movie is. Because that, that is like what I find sort of most like both fascinating and frustrating about it. Yeah, I mean it's like it's like a like a pretty black satire, I think. Like it's like pretty like it, it, it has such a a view of like the 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 people in power and the way that they're able to easily manipulate uh the like the media and the and the and the public for their own gain without any respect, without any, like, them paying any attention or respect to, like, why they're doing that or what it, what it is for, right? And it's, it, it's, it, I, yeah, it's, it's really, like, it's going for this, like, it, like, plays, like, you know, kind of, like, a fun, like, heisty sort of thing throughout, but also underneath that is just, like, this, like, it's so cynical and so like dark about like yeah and they're like doing this for like this right. this like nihilistic purpose or whatever or love like just like maintaining power and like uh yeah i think it's like it's it like because it operates on those two levels because you're like you really don't it really doesn't spend any uh, any time other than like glancing references and stuff to like how this is affecting the real world right we're like so with the characters who are right. doing this the whole time that um that like the like the tr- like, probably because it would break the movie to like totally include like totally to include like the a real sense of the cost in it but if you once you do see it and like once you think about it i think it like it does really have those layers there that that i really respond to of like it's 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 fun but also like completely like dark and nihilistic at the same time yeah, I mean, this is the one I was talking about when I was like, it's very watchable, but I don't think it's any good. It's just like, it just feels real dumb to me. I don't know. I didn't get much out of it. 
It's a it's a weird movie. It's like yeah. I saw I was trying to read up about it just to try and like sort of clarify my feeling and I saw somebody write that it was like a movie that where every single line of dialogue is very <laughs> clever but it's never funny and that is what I that is like sort of my take on it where it's like it feels so written to a point where it's almost suffocating it has like a weirdly smug energy about it that I don't yeah and it's like so it's like Mamet wrote it like there I think there's a co-writer I don't know who the co-writer is yeah there was a whole thing with like who got credit but it sent Mamet I think and it it like feels incredibly Mamet and like I like a lot of his movies like I really like Homicide and I really like uh, House of Games and uh, Stayed in Maine it's, and I'm and I'm just like struggling to figure out like why those movies work for me it, it, when they have a similar tone and this one just didn't. Is it that Barry Levinson's a bad director? Maybe. I, mean, I don't think. If I haven't, I, I don't think I've seen any of his other movies. I, I just I haven't, but I don't. I just like because like David Mam is not like a great director. I'll say that. Right. Like, his movies are all very written, but I think he, at the very least, has, like, a very tight control over the tone and what he wants, like, the sort of, like, asshole bravado of his characters to be and, like, what he wants to, those things to point and signify, whereas here in Wag the Dog, it, like, bounces between, like, being very obvious that he's just, just being, like, oh, these, look at these pieces of shit, and then, like, but aren't they so clever? It's just like hard to figure out. I think there are some good scenes. I think there's a scene with William H. Macy that's good. I think yes. if I were to pinpoint something, I think it's maybe that I don't think... And I don't know if this is Levinson's fault, but I don't think the actors are giving the right performances, maybe. Like, mm-hmm. De Niro is somebody I love sometimes and a lot of times I'm like huh what's he doing here and in this one he just seems to like he's like delivering all the lines but I don't know like I have no feel for that character beyond the guy that he's like a a slightly smug guy who's delivering these lines and I feel like that's almost every character except for like the Dustin Hoffman character which I might think is just like actively bad and sort of like not a good angle for the movie to take (laughs) And and it's like, yeah, that's just where I'm stuck on it, where it's just like, there is some good dialogue, there's some stuff I'm into, but overall I'm just like, whatever, what, why, like, I don't know, this does nothing for me, this is just like, why, like, what what's the point of any of this, this just feels like existing on a plane that is like relatable to nobody and it's like not informative of any sort of things about like either the political spectrum or the human experience to nobody i I just like do not enjoy i just like fundamentally did not enjoy it from like a top perspective even though like as jesse said it's like sort of engaging moment to moment yeah 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 i think you're correct about hoffman who is giving just like the silliest performance of all time and not in a way that's good what he's so fun he's like i mean he's doing like crazy like hollywood eccentric and i think he like he made like many of his line deliveries make me laugh a lot i think he's so funny in the movie and like the the arc with him and like how like he's like and his like desire for credit for it i think is like so so fun and like so really like interesting is like how much that like leads to his 
his downfall and all that of how much like well he he never won an oscar or whatever he produced the oscars uh uh he's he wants to um uh you know he he he, he's 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 very good at what he does obviously throughout the movie like he's he you know he you see him in the the editing room as they like try to put together this like footage they're going to use to sell the war uh and he's like so good at like you know working with the editors and all and the and the tech people and all that and then yeah he keeps like saying like oh i'm doing it for the story and they're like no you understand you can't tell anyone about this right and he's like oh yeah yeah i understand but then like by the end he's like no i really need to like to be able to tell people about this and i really i like that arc a lot i mean if yeah, yeah. I, I mean all arcs in which you have to hit the like what the end of the arc is going to be like 15 times throughout the movie those arcs always work right Alright, here's a question. If they're gonna cast Willie Nelson as Willie Nelson, why not just cast Tarantino as Tarantino instead of casting Dennis Leary? Is that... I mean... That's funny. Uh, I think... I, I mean, I think I didn't... I wasn't even thinking about it like that. Um, yeah, I Like, if you told me Willie Nelson wasn't playing Willie Nelson, I'd be like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, I mean, he's not literally he's playing, playing Willie Nelson. Willie Nelson. Oh, he has okay, a different then. name. <laughs> But, like, yeah. he's just, like, weird, kooky country singer. Yeah, um, I'm, like, in the, uh, Amelia and Jesse camp. I don't think this is a very good movie. And, like, I would argue that it's almost not watchable, but not in a way that makes it, um, because, like, when you said Levinson, uh, is maybe a bad director, I was like, it, like, there is, like, a style there of, like, doing the sort of green grassy, like, quick punch-ins. Yeah. Uh, that, like has it moved but like this thing i i was like this is just boring and i don't think anyone's that good in it de niro's got a little hat uh which is funny yeah, to yeah. See. and a bow tie yeah it's like it's a weird but it's like just idios like idiosyncrasies for like no purpose like emilio's saying like what is de niro's character i don't know is he like good is he bad he's just there he like what does he do at all i don't really care or pick up or even like think about it for like more than a second as i'm watching i'm like yep he's just saying thanks that's like what this movie is it's like person's just gonna go bippity boppity bippity and like <laughs> just keep saying things and like by the time we get to woody harrelson at the end i'm just like okay like we're close to the end at least <laughs> like i don't really care at all and like there's a few moments that pop like when they're all talking with like andrea martin and uh leary when they're like talking about if they voted at all, and she's like, I get claustrophobic, I can't vote. It's like, yeah, that's funny, but, like, that's, like, ten seconds of this 90-minute movie. Yeah. Like, I'm not really Yeah, into I mean, it at that all. particular line is good, but also that, the, this, the, the other part of the scene where it's, like, Hoffman being like, you don't vote, you don't vote, do you vote? No, is just like, okay, I get it. It feels very cliche. But now uh, Andy's gonna read his uh, college paper that he wrote on Wack the Dog. <laughs> That's right. I did write a, a paper my freshman year of college. One of our, uh, our our like writing the essay classes. The second assignment was to like write a thing about a movie, and I wrote it about Wag the Dog and, and satire. Um, I will not actually be reading from. No, it right yeah. Now. Did you? Can we do a quick uh, sidetrack of? Did you pick that movie because you love the movie, or were you just like, oh, this will be a movie to write on? Like, had you seen it before then? No, I hadn't seen it before. The process was they had us watch like. I think like three or four movies like they there was like a big list of us to pull from and we each picked like three or four to watch and like we had to like take notes and stuff and then like we we like widowed it down a couple of times and then like landed on one that you 
because it was also based on like you observing other stuff around you at the time and so you mm-hmm. you had to be able to connect it to something outside of the movie that you sure. were like thinking about at the time and so i was this was 2009 early 2009 and i was watching like the daily show and the colbert report religiously at that time so i was like interested in uh comedic satire and so that's sort of what i mm-hmm. what the what the essay was about yeah sure um but yeah, uh, I mean, just, I, mean I mean, you should have picked Levin, the movie Levinson, that's funny then. But uh. yeah, <laughs> it's but I laugh out loud at this movie. It has a I mean, we are the world funny. style number. Like that's always comedic gold. Like always a hundred percent. I mean, gold. It's so funny. here's the thing about that. It's like I think everything that actually might work in this movie is a thing I've seen like ten trillion times. It's like White House like satire political intrigue is like a thing that's been done to death. IMO. It's like a it's mm-hmm. like it's hard to find an angle on that that is like interesting to me in any way especially adding the hollywood angle which is maybe the only thing that's maybe done more to death it's just like yeah, it's like argo but bad well, argo but not as funny it, no it's funnier than argo <laughs> argo has one joke and it's argo fuck you. that one joke is funnier than any joke about. yeah and that's that's wag the dog dumb. is like if every if every single line in argo was an argo fuck yourself level line yeah. it's like if literally every line of that to a point where where you're like 15 minutes in i'm, I'm just like can anybody talk like a person where are the yeah. people where are the people in this film like the 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 scene with Kristen Dunst where they're making her, uh, yeah, they hand her like, the bag of Tostitos and have her run. It's great. It's so so lame. <laughs> it's so funny. She's like, and she's like, oh well, I gotta, I gotta talk to my agent first. Yeah, it's, oh, I love it. No, but uh, see, again, and I think that's that, that scene is one of my like number one example of like this is a movie that thinks it's so like keyed in and like cynical and deep and that all the, that it swings all the way back to being not keyed into anything and i and sort of uh, feeling naive like i talked about like the william h macy scene w- yeah. which is like a g- i think a good scene in like the micro of like i think william h macy is good at the mammoth dialogue they have a good ratatat it's a good back and forth but it's also like a scene where a person from the cia is like oh, you can't do these bad coups for, like, publicity or whatever, which is, like, again, that's, like, the dumbest... It's, like, the most naive political insight onto what that situation is, IMO, and it's just, like, very frustrating, and I don't think the movie has any interesting perspective about anything at all. It's, like, cynical... It's, like, I think, like, a lot of bad mammoth stuff, it's, like, cynical in a way that just seems, like, venomous to people he knows in personally... <laughs> but like it's true, not interested yes. it's not interested in anything beyond like what's in their head you know yeah it's yeah. fine i mean yeah it's like obvious like i don't think it's like a great like a super like deeply insightful like political like statement or anything i do like i think the thing that they sort of fixate on about like the way that like war and militarism is like sold through the media is that is like i think an interesting idea they keep talking about like the 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 gulf war being like the the one image of the bomb going through the chimney and like do you know if it's real or not like whatever like i think like that's like is something that i think is interesting to explore um i I don't think beyond that like i think it like it mostly then just uses that as an excuse for like 
you know, going going all out with like some with some very silly evil characters or whatever. But um, but yeah, I mean, I, I get I get what you're saying. Um, I do. Yeah, I, th- I think yeah, it's it's like it's a movie that like has like the rhythms and speed and like what and stuff that I always respond to and this sort of thing. So I, it's you know it's it the 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 aesthetics I think are just like something I'm I'm inclined to be into that I I'm I go along with all the uh, the with the stuff that's like maybe not quite so deep or insightful uh, just because I'm having a good time. Right. Yeah. I think all four of these movies have a very specific wavelength that you're either on or off. And I That's think like, some I mean, of us are on, with the exception of maybe Velvet Goldmine. Yeah, I was going to say, Velvet Goldmine feels pretty universal, just like... Yeah. The other three are, yeah, the other three, I think, are very, you're on or off the wavelength, and some of us are on, and some of us are off. I will say the other yeah. through line I think those three movies have is that they're all movies from, like... Huh, it's interesting that you agreed to do this movie, to most of the actors <laughs> <laughs> I will say also the timing of Wag the Dog is in is kind of interesting when you think about oh, it. Oh like, yeah, because it's it comes out like in America like I think like two or three months before the Lewinsky stuff mm. comes out about Clinton, and then like it becomes like a talking point when there is sure. like other stuff throughout. And so I believe it when it screened at Berlin it was like after that stuff had started to break so like it it does it, it is very interesting that it came out like before all that stuff happened and then uh it was sure. to be like a cultural maybe perhaps that is how it earned its place as like a a, a fairly common like touchstone or like it's a, as a movie that's remembered just because it happened to come out just before a lot of stuff that like would make people want to reference it. Well, yeah, they, yeah. they were going to do, like, a TV show adaptation recently, Yeah, right? they announced, like, they're doing an HBO thing. I'm not sure if that's happening still, but... Yeah. Yeah. I'd say avoid it. <laughs> um, no. Yeah. Watch, uh, watch State in Maine. It's like this movie, but good. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, no people oh, watching State in Maine. State in Maine rules. I could say uh, Go, you the version of this that I got uh also came with a uh Bullworth and primary colors so i'm gonna watch both of those and report back and see which one's the best of those three nice we watched primary colors in like ap GovPol after we took the ap test i think mm-hmm. uh and i remember liking it at the time i don't know how i would feel about it today um yeah but yeah oh, next movie johnny Chris. all right velvet goldmine Todd Haynes's uh, least coherent film. That's true. It is uh, quite hard to follow. Yeah, I mean, Um, I I have no problem with this movie. I haven't seen it in a while. Maybe if I watched it again, I'd be more into it. I think it's perfectly fine. Uh, There's some good performances and maybe a central performance that doesn't work as well. uh yeah it's Todd what, what's the central performance like, you don't think works oh i the what's his name who's playing bowie jo- or not uh, jonathan riss myers yeah he's like fine i i mean look i was gonna say maybe bail yeah but, that's uh, what i was that's what i thought your like the take was oh bail i can see either uh, one but I, Bale yeah, is yeah. also Bale's I mean, weirdly like, not in it that much. Yeah. The thing, do we? So I mean, McGregor. It a bit? My memory is that McGregor is the like weird uh, 
that's playing both Iggy Pop and Lou Reed is the best. Yeah, that's I think what the the goal there was. Um, do you want to yeah. give us what it is, Andy? I, sure. I, I, mean, I it, mean, it's just like it right, doesn't really have a plot. Yeah, it's like a Citizen Kane riff about uh, 1970s glam rock is like yeah. what it is, and yeah. so there's like there's David Bowie analogs. I. I, I don't know enough about the 70s glam rock scene to know many of the analogs other than, like, I've heard of David Bowie and I know who David Bowie is. Um, David Bowie, I, David Bowie. I also uh, could not tell the difference between Ewan McGregor and Jonathan Rhys Myers through much of the runtime. I was never sure which one I was watching. <laughs> That's insane. Um, so I That's was like, like which character is which. I, 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 I sort of conflated them uh, very That's, frequently, I think. You're a lunatic. I don't know why. I don't like. I don't like. It's a very weird uh, face blindness, apparently, that I have. Um, uh, I mean, I'm pretty face blind, but I did not have that issue watching the movie. Yeah, um, and I think it might just also just be like, yeah, I don't know who the like who many of the analogs are. Uh, Tony Collette is also in this movie as like. Um, She's like a, a fan, and, and like a, she's married to Jonathan Rhys Myers. Jonathan Rhys Myers, uh, and she's one of the people who like the premise is like Christian Bale is like he, is like doing an article about where Jonathan Rhys Myers is now. Yeah, because uh, there was what's like the uh, character's name, the not David Brian Bowie's Slade. Character. Yeah, Brian Slade. Brian Slade. Sure. And then because yeah, uh, he like Kurt did like a stunt is... and then like disappeared. Yeah. Um, McGregor is Kurt Wilde. Kurt Wilde is a funny. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's so the thing with Bale in it is he looks so young. Um, yeah. And cause, this is like this is pre American Psycho, so he's like probably like twenty two when they make this. He um, looks like a boy. He looks so young that like. And the scenes where he's young, like, where he's supposed to be young, I'm like, wow, yeah, they got young Christian Bale. And then the scenes where he's, like, the journalist, I'm like, this is just weird. <laughs> like, it's, like, not on the movie, but it's just, like, I'm just like, what's the deal with Christian Bale's face here? Like, he just doesn't look like Christian Bale. Um, and then, yeah, like, the Riss Myers performance is, like, pretty basic. Like, he's just doing sort of glam rocky Bowie. The thing that is, like, not a bummer, but just, like, I can't really go on board with is, like, None of the songs are that good, I think. <laughs> and, like, they're doing these analogs, like... I, don't, I mean, like, I don't want them to just do the biopic of, like, David Bowie or whatever. Like, right. doing the analogs is good, but, like, they have, um... They have, like, good songs as, like, uh, needle drops. Yeah. Because they have, like, Brian Eno over the credits, which is, like, great. Um, and then the rest of it... Is, they, like, they have, like, the great, um... The great scene where um, Rhys Myers is, like, lip-syncing to Colette, uh, and the camera's, like, swirling around them, and that's really good. And then there's, like, you know, a great Roxy music needle drop. Um, but then, like, all the other songs are just, like, kind of basic as well, where I'm like, yeah, this is, like, if, I, if you wrote a fake glam rock song, this is what it would sound like. Not really, like, heartful. Um, I mean, But I do think the movie is very good. He got, like, a bunch of people from around that time to write new songs, right? Isn't that, like, what he did? I don't know. I couldn't tell the difference between, like, what songs were new and what songs were... Yeah, I mean... Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. I don't know. It's hard to talk about the movie without just being, like, it's a 
feels to me just like a dry run for I'm Not There, which is one of the greatest movies of all time. See, uh, yeah, it's been too long since I've seen I'm Not There to like have any take on that, but I need to go back. Um, I'm Not There is like fucking perfect. It's so good, and like Bale is in it, and he's so good. Uh, yeah, but because um, it, it, I mean, yeah, that's know, interesting. It, it does the thing of like. Uh, we're gonna have analogs instead of the real person, except instead it's like six different analogs. Yeah, uh, which maybe works better, I think, than having just one analog. It's just like it's David Bowie, but he's not. And yeah, it's then, like it's David Bo- Bowie and it's Mark Bolan and like right, these and other then people. like I, the the McGregor, I think, is very explicitly supposed to be Iggy Pop and Lou Reed. Yeah, and it's like all right. And yeah, you know, um, he'll return to Lou Reed with uh, his Velvet Underground doc, which of oh, it's going to be great. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, there's like, I guess the stuff I found most compelling was like all the, all the sexuality stuff that it's exploring. Like there's all the, all this stuff about like, yeah, bisexuality and homosexuality and, and like, mm-hmm. and all the, like the, all the, 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 the world that like allowed them to like experiment and mix around and like what they were allowed to do and what they weren't allowed to do that I thought was like well depicted. Yeah. I mean, it's not like a bad movie, like check it out. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's like, it's interesting. It's, it's weird to, to talk about maybe like it's, there's just like a lot going on. Like Haynes is obviously like a great director. There's like all these like subtle things that he does, like with a camera that I really like a lot. Um, and you get these, like, sort of, it's, like, almost, <laughs> I hate to just keep doing X, but good, but it's almost like Rocket Man, but good, <laughs> like, the way that it, like, integrates sort of music video into it, and, yeah, like, I mean, it's performance into Man. it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna, yeah, there's right no, right like, there. uh, uh, you know, that's, that's not the sort of value check that I'm making, but, like, um... <laughs> It hits, like, really high highs with, like, the sort of thing that Andy was talking about. Like, there's a scene that I think, like, I've heard people talk about often where, like, uh, Chris Myers is, like, talking about how he's married, but he also loves men or whatever. And then it just, like, cuts to Bale in his, like, living room. He's, like, pointing at the TV. He's like, that's me. That's me. And it's like, that's, like, a really, like, beautiful moment to have in. But I don't know if, like there's enough of that for me to be like, this is like, uh, like, cause people talk about this, like it's one of their, like, I, I know a, a good amount of people that like love, love this movie. Yeah. And like would say it's like their favorite Haynes. Um, and I think it's like really, really good. It just doesn't like, not even that it doesn't fully land. Like the, the sort of, um, ending with, uh, Bale and, um, McGregor is like kind of weak. And it's like mostly just like, the the sort of um interview format that it takes throughout is like good for a bit of it and like weaker in some parts. I think like Colette is pretty not good at it. She's just like it's interesting cuz I'd never really seen a Colette movie uh until Hereditary when I was like this is like cuz that whole movie is so pitched up that it like right. her performance feels level and I'm like this is like a good performance wow. and then like everything else I see her and I'm like oh maybe she's just like always too much like I don't know if I've seen a performance from Colette where I'm like 
That's like a good take. It's, she's just like kind of yeah doing too I much. I really always. liked her in this movie. Like she's like she's got like it's the whole fun like her, her the character she's playing is like big and crazy and like ridiculous and like is like making big choices all the time. Uh, like there's the whole thing with her accent. Like she when she's like in the world, she like has like a big funny British accent, and then like when she, when she's outside of the world, you sort of see her talk a little more normally, and you see like how much of that life was a put on for her. Uh, yeah, I really like her in the movie. She's one, maybe my favorite performance. Oh, I mean, favorite performance. I don't have the actor's name, but the first guy that Bale interviews. Um, oh, he's really good too. The guy. Yeah, yeah, he's like he's like really like I think grounded and like sells the sort of tone of the movie that I prefer more. Um, and but then there's also like the great, uh, the through line of like the Oscar Wilde like. <laughs> you know, brooch or whatever, like, is really, uh, is really good. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, it's just, like, this movie's, like, pretty good, but every movie that Haynes has made sense is better. Yeah, that's the thing that's interesting about Haynes, because, like, he takes these sort of big swings with, like, this and, like, Far From Heaven, um, and, like, just, like, how it is, like, he's just making, in Far From Heaven, he's just, like, making this melodrama like right. you know circuit melodrama is like what he's doing and it's like uh but then he's like dipping back and doing like um you know dark waters and carol are both like pretty staid like pretty um low-key comparatively comparatively to like this and far from heaven from what so. i've seen um and yeah. wonderstruck is its own thing that we yeah. might talk about a little in a little bit um any other thoughts like on Zelda Goldmine? I really like it. I think it's like working on a lot of interesting angles. I feel like I feel like comparing it to his other movies is almost like unfair because I don't. It's like I, don't, I haven't watched all of them, but I don't even think it's necessarily doing stuff that his other movies are doing. Like if there was a movie like. You talked about Rocket Man or whatever. Like, if there are movies that I think about, like what that this movie is achieving it doing, that it's like a movie like Almost Famous, I guess, where it's a movie about like a time and place and sort of looking back at it fondly, but also seeing how like messed up it is and just like a mm. very formative period in your life, just like being somebody else's path and being so, uh, somebody uh, in somebody else's control. I think it looks gorgeous. I think the cinematography and like the yeah. production design is just uh, absolutely stunning. Yeah, and I mean, like, Almost Famous is another movie that is not as good as this one. Uh, I would disagree. I would say I don't really like Almost Famous uh, as much as other Crow as other mo- or as other movies just, like, about this topic. But I think that at least has, like, you know, all three of its, like, main characters, if you, like, break it up that way, are, like, better performances uh, and, like, better characters, yeah. even though, like, it's sort of whiffed at the That's end. That's not true. Crudup is, like, incredible and almost famous. Yeah, Crudup's like, good, but you just said all three. Yes, yeah. and also Patrick Fugit is, like, perfect for what that character is, and Hudson as well, like, Fugit they all and are just so are locked just in. nothing. They're better than Riss Myers and Bale, like, uh, uh, without question. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. It's like, for me, 
I think the movie does a good job of just like being hazy enough to where it's like I don't even process what Reese Myers is doing like even as like that much like I'm I never like looking at Reese Myers in it and being like huh is this working as like a performance it's like it just almost just works perfectly for me just like visually like this is one of those Mm -hmm. movies where it's like if it didn't have dialogue I feel like I would I would completely get what it's doing and be on its wavelength, so that's why I enjoy well, uh, it. Get excited for half of Wonderstruck. Listen, great. Excited for um, that, but uh, no, I don't know. I I just really, it's really responsive. I really vibe with what it's doing. I think it's like Haynes is a good visual director. I think he's like one of the best. Has a good eye for stuff, and I think he, I yeah. think like whether the performances in it completely track i just i'm sort of willing to like move past it and get it because it's like even if there's not like a verisimilitude and like humanity being communicated by the specific performances i feel like the entire package communicates a feeling and a vibe that i'm willing to process irrespective from its individual pieces which makes me really like velvet gold mine it's like i, I recently rewatched dark waters with a friend mm-hmm. and it's like an interesting because I, I like adore that movie it's like might uh-huh. be one of my 10 favorite movies that we, we've talked about it here before obviously and i love it and it's like every yeah. time i watch it i'm like i think like seen as its own piece i think Anne hathaway's bad in it but every time i watch it i'm like yeah this is in the movie and i agree and i enjoy where it go where it's going and what it's doing and it's like it is like yeah as its own piece it's bad but as a part of the film dark waters which i enjoy i very much like it and that's sort of how i feel about the jonathan reese myers performance it's like is that do i think he's like a great actor giving a great performance no, but as a like piece of iconography to be used in the foam velvet gold mine to sort of like capture a specific like mood and feeling and the sort of nostalgia we have for people that uh, we admired as kids and that we saw as like gods and how they're just sort of like petty human beings. I appreciate it because I think Haynes is a good enough director and Marisol Bautista's cinematography is good <laughs> enough to communicate that stuff. Yeah, I agree, but, like, there are Haynes movies where all of the performances are really working. I mean, like, I would say, like, Far From Heaven, I'm Not There, Carol, or, like... Far From Heaven is maybe my least favorite movie of his, but... Uh, uh, those, I, I like that movie a lot. Those performances yeah. are so good. He's I mean, yeah, I do like think amazing. It, it does work as, like, a vibe piece, um, but I do think, like, it just... It being so, like, you know, Citizen Kane and, like, so about this guy that, like, you are relying on him a lot to be more than just, like, a look and a vibe. And I think, like, it doesn't fully capture it. And, like, to... The Hathaway comparison is interesting because I know everyone, like, cites that as just, like, here it is, you know, the They Knew movie with the bad wife, like, who is, like, just not given a real character. And it's, like, I think that... You know that's maybe the gold standard, uh, gold standard of like transcending the, you know, the wife who's there who like doesn't have a lot. Um, and I think it's more than just like the movie being so great that this as like a functioning cog in the machine, um, like doing its piece. Like I don't know, I wouldn't like maybe say it's like one of the performances of the year or like whatever. But I do think it is like a more, you know, compelling performance than like Reese Myers in this or like. 
Bale is more just like maybe my own like sort of mental uh, barrier from him just being like, where I'm like, why does he just look so young? Like it's just, you know, it's hard to sort of separate that for me. But like I do see it as like, you know, it is just like music and lights and like costuming and you yeah. can just vibe with that and that's like completely respectable. Yeah. But I do think... Uh, I mean, I don't, like, I, don't, not, I don't even know if that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not saying that it's just like, well, I like how it looks and the music so I'm willing to like ignore all the faults. I'm just saying I think those things are more effective communicators of what I think the movie is trying to say than necessarily like the performances in a micro, I guess. And even to like maybe slightly... I mean, even sure, slightly, but I, I think the scales are tipping more negative in that regard. Like... If you're just comparing those two, like, I think Riss Myers is more of, like, uh, like a minus on the movie than just, like, I mean, something I don't know. you can I, just I guess, like, I, I'm fine with his performance. I, I, it's, like, I, it's, like, weirdly, I think, a good use of him because I think he's, like, a guy who's handsome, but he, he also just, like, looks. He also just, like, it's hard to point, point my finger on it, but I think, you know, the movie is obviously trying to be about, like, how this guy was like a person who sort of was caught up in all of this and just like maybe couldn't keep up and i sort of appreciated on that appreciate his performance on that level where it seems like it's trying to be like hey look at david bowie and then but then like we're gonna put a microscope under this guy until you realize that there's like a sort of lame insecurity existing behind all of this that i sort of appreciate but i don't know i mean yeah i don't think it's bad it's just that like what you were saying, like, I mean, the the thread has been lost a bit of, like, what I was trying to say, but it's, like, I, I it's just, like, I see what you're saying in regards to it being, like, functioning enough for you to, like, not ignore the faults, but not, like, just, uh, I guess, but not have, like, a problem with it, but, like, I think there's, like, it being weaker in other regards, like, you, especially with, like, him and Colette, like, there's scenes where it works where it's, like, just them. Like, the lip sync scene, I think, is great, but, like, other scenes, I'm just, like, they could have got, like, better actors, maybe, like, to carry this movie. But, um... Right. Uh, I, I would like to... I forgot... We forgot to point out for Wag the Dog that it won a Silver Bear Special Jury Prize at Berlin, and mm. then for this, which I wonder how much of that was just, like, it, it being political at a time, at that time. Right. And, um... And then um, for this one, Velvet Goldmine at Cannes, it won Best Artistic Contribution, Todd Haynes. Okay. Which I'm not familiar with how that prize is usually given I feel out. like it often goes to a cinema... I mean, it doesn't always go to anyone. I feel like when there's a Best Artistic Contribution, it's usually like a cinematographer or a composer. Uh, sure. Weird that they would give it to Haynes yeah. when they have a director award. Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah. Yeah. All right. Do we want to talk about uh, what's it called? New Rose Hotel. New Rose okay, Hotel. Yeah. New Rose Hotel. So fucking good. Yeah. The coolest thing. I got so absolutely great. nothing out of this movie. It was so empty and uh, dull to me. All right. Well. That's New Rose Hotel. Uh, we, uh, this has been Can I Kick No, it? <laughs> no. Um... <laughs> <laughs>
New Rose Hotel. So how Played at Venice. An Abel Ferrara movie stars Christopher Walken, Willem Dafoe, Adrian Argento. It's sort of about, about these two guys who are sort of corporate raiders. Is it the right word? Because that has a different con- connotation these days. But like the Wikipedia calls them corporate ex- extraction specialists. Corporate extraction <laughs> specialists. Okay, so their 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 job is well, they're like. CD on the road job is basically trying to get people to defect one company to go to another because the movie is sort of set in like this William Gibson uh, cyberpunk future where it's like like a lot of that fiction it's like well corporations rule the world and there's like constant battle between them and there's like techno wars between yeah. them and to the point where like individual governments and police are like barely a factor as much as just like hired goons and espionage between these corporations. So they get Adrian Argento, who is, like, a prostitute, to help them try and, like, lure this, like, super genius inventor away from one company and get him to another who are offering to pay them $100 million. And... Big bucks. Yeah, it, it yeah. like it's sort of sounds like a thrillery, like heisty plot, but it's more like sort of like a vibey erotic thriller. It's more about like yeah. the Willem Dafoe character and the Argento characters, like relationship and how that like becomes complicated throughout the process. Uh, Christopher Walken's relationship to money and like his own like inflated ego, and then the Willem Dafoe Walken character. Walken is just fucking bonkers in this movie. He's so good. <laughs> yeah. So that's basically. It, um, I think Walken's amazing. I think he's giving a fucking yeah. great performance. He's like, do, yeah, he's, it's, like pe- it's like peak Walken, maybe, of just like weird line delivery, yes. just like random looks to the side, like dancing. A, and he's got a cane. A, cane, yes. a, cra- a crazy he, like, limp. Back. The craziest yes. limp I've ever seen in a fil- in a movie, maybe. Yes. Like, there's a particular moment towards the end where he's, like, trying to get away when from... When he's running? Yeah. Yes. His, his so is basically... His, one of his legs is basically on a 45-degree angle. Yes, it's so good. <laughs> My God. Uh, it's weird. Uh, this if this is what I'm talking about, again, where it's like I'm in the middle of all these movies, if I had a... This might be a weirdly hot take, but I... I don't think the movie fully works, and I think it's because I don't like the folks' performance. Wow. With an actor who, it's like, you can basically pencil him in. He gives a great performance in anything and basically any sort of style, tone, genre. But he maybe gives a performance that is too muted, especially at the end, for the entire thing to work as, like, a coherent piece. Also, the movie has, like, 20 minutes. It's, like, a weird thing where it's, like, a movie that's, like, 90 minutes but has, like, 20 minutes worth of plot, maybe. And it's sort of, like, recycled these sorts of things. But I think it's mostly done, like, in a pretty interesting way. But when it ends, I sort of... It sort of left me a little more empty than I really wanted it to. Yeah. Um, It's a crazy movie. I can't crack it, I don't think. I've watched it twice. Um, and like, it's like, I think it's incredible. There's like stuff that it is doing that is like so interesting to me, especially as someone who's like, maybe the most seen of the four of us. I, I'm not sure about you, Jesse, but I've it's seen still like no Ferrara. I like, okay, then, yeah, yeah. My main takeaway from this was like, oh, I need to get really into Ferrara. Well, yeah, and so even so, still, I'm just like a bit of a. Ferrara, like, neophyte. Like, I've only seen, like, um, 
think this is maybe my fourth or my fifth one, mm-hmm. but um, it's like not really like his other movies because like we talk about you know right. sort of peak walk and like King of New York is like the big one and mm-hmm. he's like really good in that one and that one's more of just like a pretty straightforward like crime like cops versus robbers things at yeah. the end with like um, and it's with like, like 35 percent more grime than you would see from like yes movies yeah where it has like a little more like mm. sex and like violence and that sort of stuff i think king of new york is great and that's a movie that's weirdly sat very yeah. well with me i mean yeah that one and it like you that one is like bolstered by these like walton's great performance uh uh i think uh What's his name? Um, Lawrence Fishburne is in it. He's giving a great. Fishburne's great. Uh, Caruso, I can't think of his first name. Yeah, like, David like, Caruso uh, is in it. David Caruso West, is like a, such a scumbag in it. it? Yeah, Snipes is in it. Um, Giancarlo Esposito. It's, yeah, it's just like all these great, and then like two second performances by like Buscemi and like other people like that. Um, and it's like really, really, you know, just compelling and good. And then like. All the other Ferrari I've basically seen are like all his later stuff. So like Tommaso, uh, Welcome to New York, and um, I think that's it. So and then now this, um, and this one is like, you know, it's based as Amelia said, it's based on this William Gibson short story. I'm not super familiar with William Gibson. I know he's like the cyberpunk guy. Yeah, um, yeah. it's like a short story what? set in like the same world that like Neuromancer is and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, but what's crazy about the movie is it's like if you watch like like a three hour uh, you know cyberpunk movie about these like warring businesses and like this the movie that we watched would be like the quote unquote like boring stuff and it's like just this but then it's also like barely any exposition like everything that is like yeah. traditionally interesting is all like on these monitors. Or, like, these weird Palm Pilots. And it's just, like, the rest of it is, like, Amelia was saying, just, like, these vibey scenes of, like, walking, like, talking about (laughs) just, like, random stuff. And, uh, like, going through these negotiations uh, and, like, just explaining to Asia Argento, like, what she needs to do. And then, like, the repetition of it is so interesting. And, like, in a way that I, like, I don't know, like fully what it is like i mm-hmm. will have to watch this movie again but like it's one that i'll be like glad to watch again because even like i watched it, like four days ago and then this morning and it's like uh already there's like more and more stuff that is just like revealing to me of like what the vibe of the movie is and like what the characters are doing and like uh you know there's the um like the sort of night vision footage of the guy that they're trying to recruit like about to get attacked and, like, kidnapped, but then, like, all the kidnappers get killed, and they, like, use that, like, three different times and like, three different scenes. Um, and then, yeah, it's interesting that you that you don't love the Defoe performance, as you're saying, because, like... Yeah, it, and it... I mean, he is very muted. That's, like, a great call, but, like, I think it... Uh, I mean... ...works for most of it. I think it works for... I mean, maybe it's not the, his performance as much as it is the character. Like you said, there's like a lot of interesting things going on. And then the story, it sort yeah. of centers itself on. It's like, oh, this guy liked this girl, but maybe she's betraying him, which is like the most like yes. thing that's like done to death a thousand times. But and I think there's like an interesting like I, I did like some reading about it. And it's like so the short story it's basically like the last like 15 minutes of it. Like it's like basically the entire okay. plot, but it's like the guy at new rose hotel which is like the place at the end like basically remembering the whole thing 
and like that is what yeah. the short story is whereas the movie is like does the entire plot and then arrives to there and then like basically does the plot through his eyes it's, it, and like I l- enjoy the idea of it of like the sort of melancholy that it's trying to communicate of this guy being like I really like this lady and I just like I sort of got myself caught up in a thing that I shouldn't have gotten caught up in but yeah I guess that's just it it's like it's one of those things it's hard to describe but I maybe I talked about this when we talked about fireworks a little like the the Takeshi Kitano movie where it's doing a bunch of fascinating things formally I think performance wise it's doing all of these great things I think it's got an amazing look but then it does all of that to sort of like communicate a story that I've seen a thousand times and it's like I appreciate it I enjoy it like if I talked about fireworks now versus when I talked about it on the podcast I think I'd be a a little more positive on it I do really appreciate it as as a movie and all the things it's doing but I do sort of yeah just like have a little bit of resentment to just like it coming around to a like sort of straightforward thing even if it like the way it arrives to that is like fascinating and I think gorgeous and very interesting on Ferrara's part and like using this story yeah. the way he uses it. Ferrara's such an interesting director. Cause like, I think, I, cause I, you know, talked about Tommaso a little bit when that came out and that's like a very, like, uh, not formally audacious, but it's like, he's got like, uh, different things going on. And he like, I've read an interview with him where he's like, a lot of it was like, Defoe just like doing this character and like uh that it's like almost an analog for Ferrara but like um and I think even I maybe it was just like a brief mention of Welcome to New York um which like you know seeing uh King of New York and like even this which is like not what I would describe as like uh you know um perverse but like there's like he he has like a lot of like sex in his movies and like um you know his first movie is like just literally uh i think like a softcore porn and like uh his early movies like the driller killer and stuff like that are uh, all pretty um intense in that regard and like and and how violent they are and stuff uh, and welcome to new york is like a very touchy subject um of like the D- dominic strauss con like assaulting this um uh room service like uh employee like at this hotel like and the way that they like film that is like pretty intense but it's not like exploitative in any in any way and this i think is like similar similarly uh like having sort of intense things happen but keeping not distance but like keeping it on the level and like it's um I think Argento is, like, really good in it um, and, like, gives a really interesting performance. Uh, the thing with Walken is that he's just incredible. Like, there's a scene where they go, uh, you know, do the negotiations, and he, like, puts his cane between his legs and, like, starts thrusting at the air, and he's just like, oh, my back, and, like, it ends the scene. It's, like, such a funny bit. Um, and there's, like, another scene where him and Defoe are... Uh, at a dinner, and they're just talking about Argento's character, and her name is Sandy. And he's like, what is she from, Long Island? Get a sister named, like, Trina and Trisha. 
and is just like making fun of her for having the name Sandy, and it's just like such a weird tangent to go on, but it really uh, is good. I think like speaks to how like locked in Walken is to that character. Yeah, I mean, it's like you said about like him, like how Tommaso is a lot of just like Defoe doing things. It's like all of his movies, like you can very much see that like. He gives his actors a lot of, like, leeway. He gives them a lot of space to work, which I always find interesting. It's like, Walken is a great guy to give space to because he'll always, like, find some angle and he'll find something to do with it because he's just, like, such a gifted, like, twister of dialogue and, like, physical actor. And, like, that's great. It's like, King of New York is great because, like, Walken is all time in it. And it's like, yeah, it's like, for us, such a fascinating guy because he's like a guy again, again who like makes a lot of like controversial sort of like touchy like movies about touchy stuff mm-hmm. and like will have a lot of like sex and violence in his movies. But he se- sort of seems like a chill guy in real life. It's like a sort of weird dichotomy that that exists within him, and it's like just yeah, like right. sti- I know he's yeah. I I was gonna say I know he's been working with uh, Sean Price Williams lately. I'm really curious to see what that looks like. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt you. That was totally unrelated to what you. No, were no. I mean that's fair. to like, I don't. I don't think I really had much, much more to say there apart from like. Yeah, he's. I think he's a good guy. Like. He sort of exists on the like. Michael Mann continuum of like, mm-hmm. people who make these movies that are like sort of stylistically gorgeous and like at on top read is very like look at these cool guys doing cool things movies but are like sort of reaped with a melancholy that i sort of find fascinating even if some mm-hmm. even if like yeah at this point if you like would watch every michael mann movie and then every fail before our movie you might like feel like it's done to death which is like sort of the two things that exist within my mind but i think it's worth watching i think it's very interesting there's a very good Guardian piece written by Beatrice Loyaza about New Rose Hotel that I think is worth reading. Uh, if you maybe watched it and were left a little puzzled by it and a little, or a little confused by it, but it's like interesting. It's like a, it's like yeah, it, I sort of feel about it the same way I feel about fireworks, where it's like whether or not I think it's g- grasping at something like amazing or very interesting thematically. I think it's like it's worth watching just to see how it works and how it's being done and all the different angles there is being taken to explore this sort of explore these sort of like more simple concepts. I don't know if anyone else has anything else to say. I don't think so. I mean, the other thing is his, his next movie, which we mentioned, I mentioned last week. Has he ever worked with Ethan Hawke before? Cause that also is like, that feels like a good match. I don't think so. I think we looked this up last week and he hadn't. Maybe. No, I didn't think so. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, work with a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, like, a lot with, uh, um, fucking Defoe, but yeah. Yeah, a lot of Defoe's, a lot of... He did a Walking. movie with Benoche where he made she plays the Virgin Mary. Sure, Forrest Whitaker's Go in it. All right. Well, Wait, yes. Hold um, on. Hold uh, on. 
in the, on IMDb. <laughs> yeah. In the film Mary, where uh, Juliette Vinoche plays the Virgin Mary, uh, uh, Marion Cotillard plays Gretchen Maul. Wow. You gotta see That's... this thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will say it looks. Like, it seems like it was not particularly well. New Rose Hotel was not particularly well received at the time. No. I don't yeah. think it won anything officially. There were like a couple of like critics group prizes. Yeah, I think that, that I think Ferrara was in. like starting to fall out of fashion at yeah. that yeah. point, and it's like yeah, I mean, it's, it's like sort of only like sort of coming back into fashion now, but like even so, not really. Yeah, it's like I guess my my uh, what I would assume to take on it, it's like. He was sort of a weird guy who, like, had his cup of coffee in, like, Hollywood filmmaking sort of around the 90s and then, like, would balance that in making his indie movies. And this was sort of, like, the start of people being, like, you know what? We're, we're sort of done. We're sort of done with Ferrara. And then, like, because yeah. this is, like, nine, this, uh, this is 98. And then, like, after 2001, he moves to, yeah, he moves to Italy and starts making movies over there. Yeah, like, I mean, because if you, like, compared to, comparing this to, like, King of New York, King of New York is, like, almost like a popcorn movie. Like, this, like, uh, is, like, pretty challenging, I think. Like, yes, absolutely. It's got so much, there's a lot going on here. I know Andy disagrees, but I think there's just, like. There is nothing going on here. Yeah. That's you are incorrect. Fucking, uh, dumb. <laughs> Had but, nothing yeah. interesting. Okay, apologies. <laughs> uh, uh, Juliette Binoche is playing an actress who plays the Virgin Mary. Or no, okay. she plays Mary Magdalene. Okay, whatever. Different. Uh, hard to hard to get a handle on what this movie is. Yeah, the people who wrote the Bible really should have been more three minutes long. Yes, the yeah. Characters have the same name. I guess it's... The Bible is a bit more of like a vibe piece. <laughs> right. The story doesn't really matter. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the greatest story ever told. What are you talking about? <laughs> the Beowulf, baby. Mm. Alright, that's just the first story. Well, you know. It's a, it's a lot yeah, of stories. It's more like TV if you really think about it. Yeah, greatest story ever told. Is New yeah, right. <laughs> yes, yeah. The Bible's the first TV series. <laughs> I mean, the, I would call it a movie, but... We can debate that later. All right. It's on Letterboxd, so. (laughs) Is the Bible on Letterboxd? No, I was just joking. It's not, and that's not a good standard to use anyway. Uh, Jesse, (laughs) why don't we start uh, wrapping up the show? (laughs) Great. You can find us on Twitter at CanIKickIt. You can find us on Letterboxd at CIKIPod. Enter our contest. Uh, Yes. Deadline unclear. It might be, this one might just, because the previous deadlines have been when the next birthday episode happens, this one might just go on forever. Are we going to do something new this, like, so this round, are we going to start a new birthday episode tradition? We'll figure it out. We'll think about it. We've got some time. Probably won't be this exactly. Oh, I mean, it's not going to require us to watch four different movies, whatever it is. Yeah. Might just Um, be, maybe, maybe next time it's just like the person picks a movie. The person doesn't have to do the episode that week. <laughs> <laughs> but they do get to um, pick a movie to make yeah. everyone else talk about. Yes. 
Yeah, that's that and, they ha- and they dictate everyone else's take on it. So it's like you like it, you don't like it. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, do you gonna... have plug your personal socials, Jesse? Yeah, <laughs> uh, you, you can find me on uh, Twitter or Letterboxd at JP Glickweber uh, for the second week in a row. I'd like to plug my series of tweets where I replace the word Shrek with Shemp. Are there more of them? There, maybe by the time this episode's out, who knows? There's only a there's a limited amount of Shrek titles just you know i mean if you look at them you'll see that i've moved away from titles <laughs> okay okay great we're getting into quotes folks <laughs> okay great uh the most well here i'll just read out the most oh my god uh, <laughs> most recent one is the most recent one's a uh, a wikipedia article it's uh um um give me one moment uh that's gotta be more than 240 characters no, it's the title of a Wikipedia article. It's it's a list of songs featured in Shemp. Okay, great. <laughs> That's a good one, I think. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Go ahead and give that one a like. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, are you done? Yeah. Okay, great. Uh, I'm Andy. You can follow me online at AndyTGerm on all your favorite social media platforms. Uh... If you like what we're doing and want to help support the show, you can donate on our coffee, ko-fi.com slash canai, that's C-A-N-N-E-S-I. Um, any any amount you want to give is uh, greatly appreciated. And you get an extra entry to right. the if contest. You want an ex- yeah, if you want multiple entries. If you want to if you want to work out all the permutations and just guess all of them, yeah. it's probably not that many donations. Um, I uh, will plug this week. I am... We mentioned previously on the podcast, I believe, I'm an Indie Independence Appearance Award voter, uh, which is not anything special. I just paid them money and they send me screeners. Um, uh, but uh, I have been working away, plugging away on those movies because uh, the day this episode comes out is the day that my votes are due. So I've been trying to catch up. And I watched a delightful little movie today that is nominated for Best First Screenplay uh, called Straight Up, which I really, really enjoyed. It's streaming on Netflix. It's di- written and directed by James Sweeney. Uh, and I really recommend it uh, if you haven't uh, seen it. it. I think it sort of came out like bare, like at the beginning of the pandemic, so it like had a weird release. Um, but it is just on Netflix now, and I uh, strongly recommend it. I really was surprised by it and had a great time with it. Um, you said yeah. it's nominated for Best First Screenplay? That's right. Perhaps this year's Buffalo 66. Perhaps. Perhaps it is. Um, and also, also, uh, it's Jesse's birthday. Jesse's great. I love her so much. Uh, happy birthday and a million, a million times for a million reasons. Uh, especially, you know, the reason we have this podcast. Happy birthday, Jesse. That's very nice. Yes. Colin. Well, you yeah, know, it's the tradition of, yes, uh, I'm sorry on everything. Yes. Please. No. <laughs> um, every birthday episode, gotta plug the birthday person. Jesse's birthday, one of my best friends, uh, as Andy alluded to, and as I've said recently in our personal life, Jesse should have a film festival podcast, and <laughs> the rest of us are just along fucks and ride. clowns, yes. and we're here. <laughs> I mean, as evidenced by our last episode of like 
guessing the programming of a festival and i said i was like i'm not gonna do it because i'll just guess and i'll be wrong and jesse will tell me and that's what <laughs> happened to both of you because she knows um and then also like such a <laughs> without like sounding backhanded such a specific venn diagram of like hyper specific film festival knowledge and like plugging shimp into shrek names and like <laughs> saying no good comedy came out before 1970 <laughs> like with the exception of the three stooges with the exception of the three stooges sure yeah. just like do you not what like the marx brothers at all uh i don't like i i saw duck soup when i was maybe too young and didn't get anything out of it yeah <laughs> um, i mean and also like only uh you know, non-secular Christmas music is good. <laughs> like, just the most hyper-specific takes that I, like, I'm never not surprised. <laughs> but also, like, it just makes sense when Jesse says it. <laughs> uh, happy birthday. Thank you. You can follow me on Letterboxd at I Laugh Alone. You can follow me on Twitter at I'm Laugh Alone. Our podcast theme song is by Tree Related. You can find them at SoundCloud.com slash Tree Related or search Tree Related on Spotify. To honor my friend Jesse, I will plug the song Karini by Fish. That is it. All right. <laughs> uh, you're all... Do the honors. You're all so sweet, and now I will release our audience. Bye. Happy birthday. Oh,